0: Welcome to episode number 38. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, on El Police Radio. What are we going to talk about today? Flint Town, or the Flint Police Department. Documentary on Netflix just came out. Flint Police Department had 300 officers. Today, maybe 98 on today's El Police Radio. Episode thirty-eight. As we move along on the library on L Police Radio, today's episode we're going to talk about the Flint Police Department and the documentary that came out called Flint Town. Now, before we get into, I mean, some of the statistical gathering points that we have, you know, they had a flourishing department of three hundred officers, and today they have bailing ninety-eight. How in the world does that happen? How does it become one of the top 10 worst crime and violent cities in America year after year? And has a track record of having Democratic mayors for a gazillion years, and it keeps on getting worse. But we're going to talk about that and why those things are happening. Some point important parts of what I saw in the documentary kind of stood out to me, and I want to share with you guys and how to make sure that this doesn't happen in your own neck of the woods. Very important. But before we get into all that, as you know, you can always follow us on social media, L Police Radios lpoliceradio.com is the website, and once you go there, you can scroll down and see uh, some of the, our social networking. But today I want to specifically talk about Twitter, because Twitter's the fad now. You know, you, you write two or three words there, and everybody just follows. So we do have um, several Twitter accounts I want to share with you guys. Of course, there's mine, Alpha Mike, 2017 that's the handle. Alpha Mike 2017, and I usually post things that I'm going to talk about in the future shows. I usually post that on there and kind of uh, deal with the uh, public on a, on a general sense, and L Police Radio has their own uh, Twitter account as well, and that is L as in Lima, but it's a the little L, not the big L. Police, police is cap, the P in police is capital, radio and the R in radio is capital. It's all one word, so it's L police radio. And you can find us there. We also have our training aspect or training Twitter account, 09TG. And uh, the, the hash mark or, or the call sign is O as in the letter O, little O, nine as in the number. Underscore, training, and you can find us there. And of course, for all our veterans and our warriors that are out there, Leatherneck Seven. You can find us at Leatherneck Seven. No, it's Le- Leatherneck Seven Eleven. Leatherneck Seven Eleven, and the L is capital. Seven Eleven, just like the, like the store, I guess. So. We encourage you to hook up there and uh, follow us there as well. We're going to be probably doing a little bit less of some of the other social networking, concentrating more on Twitter, probably for the next uh, conceivable future, of the year. And then we might get into the, the Twitter accounts and stuff later when we start emerging and moving into YouTube. But a lot of that is, is still way off still way off folks we always have a bunch of news segments we can come to and and preparing for this show i picked up uh two news articles believe it or not on flint michigan and the actual department we're going to talk about kind of recent maybe maybe a couple of weeks old but I was a little bit surprised, a small agency as far as structures or size, that it would have current event news on there. But it does. You know, one of the phenomena that are out there in these agencies is that how do you attract talent to these agencies? Now, relatively, they're paying an average of around forty five to forty eight thousand dollars as a base salary, which isn't bad. And if you compare that to Detroit, Michigan, their base salary is thirty-eight, thirty-nine. And of course, both these agencies have been hit with crime very, very hard. But it's all important how the government works with the agency and they become one big melting pot in getting those services out there. And we're gonna talk about all that. I mean when you see the documentary, which, which, by the way, I just want to make a point. I'm not a big fan of these documentaries. And I'm not a big fan of Netflix, period. There's a lot of leftist material on there. And sometimes I do see these documentaries and I can only stomach 20 minutes of it. I got to turn it off. I got to go out and get air and then, and then come back. And if I can, I'll see the rest of it. But most of the time I can't. And the ones that do catch my attention is not necessarily because of the content that they're talking about, but mostly because I have all this material I could talk about because they're making these horrible mistakes right in front of my eyes. But before we get to that, it's time for the L Police Radio News Countdown. One, fake cops responding to 911 calls, fooling the real police for years. Believe it or not, there it is. Flint, Michigan, a group of wannabe cops, have been fooling police, firefighters, and, public, and the public for years across Genesee County, according to law enforcement officials. Now that they're facing felony charges, the group is accused of conducting false arrests of individuals they've accused of committing crimes and even tricking real emergency responders at crime scenes. We believe that on some occasions they were the first to show up on a crime scene, said Genesis County Prosecutor David Leyte. On some occasions the real police would ask them to perform tasks at scenes not realizing they were imposters. Now this is how bad it is in Flint, Michigan you got a group of and uh, i i don't understand the motivation to act like you're a police officer when you're not showing up to scenes so they they've got to they have got to have the gear on you know either a uniform a badge possibly a gun a pair of handcuffs a car a blue light these things have to be happening if you're fooling the real police as well but this is just the beginning of what we're about to walk into now, the news article alludes to this has been going on for years. For real? Years? Uh, uh, uh. Two. March, oh, excuse me, May 30th, an uh, officer discharges his firearm in public and hit and makes the news. How do you about that? Flowerville, Michigan, a Flint police officer facing a misdemeanor after his off-duty weapon accidentally fired into a gymnasium floor. Now, how does a weapon fire by itself? And it's not an accidental discharge, folks. It's a negligent one, negligent discharge. Uh, blah, 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 accidentally fired into a gymnasium floor doing a wrestling tournament in Livingston County's school. The 40-year-old Mark Bordendure is charged with careless... Discharge of a firearm. So, uh, who knows how it happened? Might have been uh, readjusting the weapon and whatever, not, and uh, it went off. But don't know. The, the article doesn't really talk about the specifics. But uh, he's a lieutenant in the Flint, Michigan, uh, police department, so he's probably on the uh, documentary as well. So this is in uh, May 30th, and now he's facing misdemeanor charges on this negligent discharge, not accidental. Hello? Hello? Are you liberals out there? Guns don't shoot off, don't go off by themselves. All right, what number are we up to? Three? Three. Flint is not defined by the documentary according to the mayor and the chief of police. They basically say, hey, don't confuse us with the documentary. Um, things are not so-called as bad as what you might see or or believe. But this is a, a short little article on basically Flinttown series that debuts on Netflix last week doesn't tell the whole story of the city broad-based recovery, over the past couple of years, Flint's mayor and police chief said, Mayor Karen Weaver and police chief Timothy Johnson, which uh, the chief is doing an excellent job, by the way, issued a joint statement Monday responding to the eight part documentary focusing on the Flint Police Department. Weaver, who hasn't seen all eight episodes yet, okay, anytime you're ready said she's proud of the city's police department. I hope viewers will see that despite all the changes and obstacles the, the, they are facing, Flint police officers are going out and doing what they can to serve and protect our community. But that's my question. Why are they going through these things? That is what is troubling to me. Excuse me, but <clears throat> let's uh, let's get the bugle up and we can start our our um, our main focus point. Anytime you're ready, buddy. Come on, you can get that thing going. Come on. I, kn- I knew you could do it, buddy. You're getting better every time. Keep practicing, though. Flint Town a documentary on Netflix talking about the Flint Police Department. Now, I'm not really going to discuss a lot of the issues of why they, they would do a documentary on a town that is at the level of um, Fallujah, Iraq, or Afghanistan. But what's troubling to me is there was an agency at one time, they had 300 officers. They're down now to 98 or, or in their 90s because the tax base has fallen apart because there's nothing but foreclosed homes there all boarded up that are currently serving as crack houses. So your tax base went out the window. Not much of any pro- production of anything happening there for a tax base to pick up the 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 fold there. So it's 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 a crime ridding ghost town. And the police department is being funded on fumes. But when you see the documentary, and I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you, but I do want to touch on some some pointers. In the beginning, there's a different chief uh, than Chief Johnson. That's there now, and that chief is—he's uh, clueless. He's is is as as we used to call him when I was in uniform. Is a buffoon, and he doesn't really have the wherewithal and trying to lead the department because he's just overrun he doesn't he doesn't know what to do next is pretty much uh, how that worked but then you see the political cycle the elections take place and mayor weaver that's uh, in the documentary she wins election and then she kind of has to guess who she wants to bring in as chief so she brings in chief johnson which is a retired flint Uh, officer and were very well respected. And at the beginning, it was a little bit mind-boggling to some of the commissioners there because they wanted to get away from the old and go into the new. I want to stop there and I want to pause there a second because this get away from the old and let's head towards the new crap philosophy I've heard even when I was in uniform. And I'm the subject of multiple events of discriminatory behavior when it comes to getting a position as a senior officer. So we can call this elderly discrimination. And for some of the units that uh, I applied, I was in a training section at the time, um, Unofficially, you were told by the commanding officers of those sections that the department is looking for a younger fit and that the rank and file in that specialty, they didn't want to have dinosaurs, for lack of a better term, because we would mess everything up as far as days off and um, vacation. Um, So go about your merry way and go someplace else. But that's not necessarily what I'm getting at. It was the mindset of the agency leaders. And here you kind of see that within the government. They wanted to focus on something new. But regardless of the fact, the the mayor brings in Chief Johnson, and he hits the floor running. There is uh, an issue... Early beginning, whether he was certified or not, because he had been out for a considerable amount of time, enough to get his certification, police certification, uh, expired on him. So they had to bring that up to par. But that's a technicality, to be honest with you. Uh, Anybody can run a police department. You just couldn't make felony stops or or arrest, but you can manage the department. But anyway, they got through that that hurdle, and he's really uh, doing the he's doing the job. He's bringing the crime rate is dropping, and they're coming up with different ideas on bringing in part timers, reservists, uh, citizen patrols, and they're moving along. They're bringing those numbers down, and things are starting to look better as they progress forward. And during the documentary you see the budgetary hearing they are short on the budget and you will see that the chief doesn't understand why would they undercut us the way they are we're doing so good and the reason it, it came out to me when i saw it is because the chief chief johnson was sincere He didn't understand it. You see, he was under the impression everybody was on the same team, that everybody was fighting crime together, that there was no way anybody was going to let down the rest of the team. They were going to shoot and play just as hard as everybody else. But then he caught on, and he figured out, oh, and the O is basically is, we really don't want you to succeed, and we're going to talk about the budget, and we're going to talk about our tax base is low, so we can't fund you. But as low as your tax base is, there are priorities <clears throat> in some of these cities. Sometimes you got to cut down a library or take a sandwich away from an elderly person or close a park or maybe the garbage has to be picked up once a week instead of twice. Those are tough calls as well, don't get me wrong. But safety of its citizens is paramount responsibility of government. And now the chief is faced with their lowballing them. He's not going to be out able to hire those extra people. He's not going to be able to do the things that he was envisioning to do. So he asked a question to the mayor, why are we being shortcutted on the budget? And she kind of explains it diplomatically, and the chief is still naive. Eventually, he does pick up as to why, and he, he kind of fights back um, in the commission... <coughs> hearing he kind of wants to tell the uh, the commissioners the importance of this and the mistake that they're making but it fell on deaf ears and some of them actually become on this uh, dais of, of city commissioners they become egotistical by telling the chief and everybody else don't tell us what what uh, don't preach to the choir. So they took it very personal. So on one one side, you see these individuals out there, and they're basically saying that they want to bring down crime to protect the, the citizens that live in Flint, Michigan. And on the other side, they are with pencil in hand and eraser, and they're going to town as far as making sure that they don't really write in those uh, budget elements. So you wonder, why is this happening? So here's my take on this whole thing. First of all, I want to make the disclaimer. So boys and girls, take out your crayons and your cardboard boxes, pay attention, Make sure that your race is on full auto. Liberalism is a mental disorder without medication. I'll repeat that again if you didn't catch and you were writing. Liberalism is a mental disorder without medication. Now, Flint, Michigan itself has been governed by Democratic mayors for ever since Moses had slippers on. And to look at these things that are happening, the the police department fell down to ruin. But prior to the police department disappearing or, or eroding into that, the city structure itself had to start disappearing. The homes started foreclosing. They started becoming crack houses. Your tax base has started falling and dipping. What in the world did that government and the governments that preceded it after do anything to stop this roller coaster ride? Nothing. Lip service. And then they have other programs that they want to push and they want the federal government to pay for. But here they have a force that they need 300. They got 98. They got people on mandatory overtime. They got cops that they've got to have ballistic socks, forget about the vest, in order to survive. And the agency, in regards to the chief, would love to give them all the equipment and the resources and personnel that they need. But the city commissioners are out to lunch. They just don't care. And this is happening in a lot of other cities too. It might be a little different, a little bit of the format, but you might see that in Detroit and you might see them in some other areas of the United States. Crime is on the uprise and the officer and the agencies are diminishing. People are leaving as soon as they get close to the The mandatory retirement—they're out of there like Fred Flintstone, and never to look back. And of course, who's going to replace them? Who the hell wants to walk into that? Now, as I said in the opening show remarks, they're paying uh, an average of forty-eight thousand, which is not that bad if you compare that with uh, Detroit, that they're at thirty-eight, thirty-nine, but still. Because of the high crime, because of the low personnel, people are saying it's not worth it taking um, a hit because of the fact that you don't have any backup. And again, this is a war zone, folks. This is not something that we're casually just mentioning, like nothing's happening in this small little town. It's a war zone. So... Uh, my hat goes off to all the officers, by the way, on, on, on what they do on an everyday, and the chief of police, Chief Johnson, I said it, he's old school, and he's, uh, he's doing the job, and I applaud him, because if it wasn't for his men and women, and the chief, <clears throat> Flint, Michigan would be doomed. It'd be safer. You would be safer in Kabul, Afghanistan flying an American flag in the middle of the square with a bullseye on your chest. It'd be safer there than in Flint. But thanks that these individuals are out there um, doing what they have to do, it is definitely helping out the situation. But Again, when you look at this, one of the concerning aspects of this is why do Democrats actually believe that people can't see that they're a car wreck? That they're actually trying to fool people, that they're trying to steer the vehicle and start the vehicle without crashing. They're as phony as a $2 bill because the bottom line is put your wallet where your mouth is. And it's also, and I want to touch upon this, and I'll close with this, because I I don't want to spoil the documentary for those that want to see it. It is worth your, it is eight episodes, so be mindful. It's about 30, 40 minutes an episode. So, you know, you're going to have couple of uh, popcorn viewing settings. But it's worth watching because uh, sometimes you see the mistakes that they make if you're in law enforcement or you're retired. Second, um, you kind of feel for the guys. You kind of feel for the citizens. You kind of feel for the chief. And um, it's tough to be in that situation. It really is. So it's a good documentary to watch. I don't want to spoil it all. But I do want to touch on, on this liberal approach. And we discussed how liberals will groom law, for, law enforcement officials in certain agencies, bring them up to ranks, and then they want to place them in a position as chief. And, of course, they come assigned with pupper, puppet strings And all they got to do is pull the strings as they see accordingly. And that's not the case here on this documentary. Uh, Although the mayor, she's an outsider. She was not a politician. She won, she is a Democrat. She, She means good. And she went with the chief because he was old school. And she believed on those tactics that they used to use was definitely going to help them today. So I I congratulate her for that. And I'm not singling out Flint, Michigan. On the contrary, Flint, Mich- Michigan is trying to keep above water. They're still swimming. God bless each and every one of them. But there are so many cities in America that are throwing anchors instead of life preservers to their police departments and their corrections departments. And it's sad. So if you're out there and you're listening, if your agency in your jurisdiction, the crime rate is now starting to soar on the up. The cars are looking a little bit more raggedy each day. Officers always seem like they're pissed off at the world and tired. Uh, The uniforms are not on the upkeep anymore. You kind of see the wrinkles in the attire. And at city or county or whatever have you, township, um, public forums, the chief kind of stutters a whole lot when it's time to do the law enforcement presentation. That tells me that they are liberal hacks in your city, which are slowly killing your agency one stupid policy at a time. If we look at New York City, and we're going to use that as our, our as our example, Mayor Big Bird over in New York City, he's pretty much told the police department, I don't want you to enforce marijuana, a public display of marijuana. I don't want you, there, there's something about uh, shooting up heroin and uh, to lay off on the police officers. Now, this crap is also being what's going on in Seattle, Washington, and it's an epidemic. My God, I wouldn't walk down the streets in Seattle. That's how bad that thing is. There's needles all over the place. There's every freaking drug imaginable, and the cops are all deaf, dumb, and stupid now because they were told to lay off it, go find something else to do. Now, that troubles me. That upsets me. I think it's time for the United States government to start enforcing laws. If these laws are on the books, such as marijuana and heroin and and methamphetamines and all these other stuff, how in the world is a city elected official going to tell a law enforcement agency, don't enforce those laws? What is this, the kingdom of? Some people need to start getting prosecuted. Uh, who, the attorney general needs to get out from underneath the desk. I think he's down there shaking because uh, he doesn't want to do anything. But he needs to all of a sudden find the statute book and start applying it to some of these kooks. Look at the mayor of um, Oakland, California. Psst, psst. Border patrols coming. They'll be here at nine. Scat, go, shh, shh. go, go. That's what she did. And of course you don't do that because you're putting law enforcement officers' lives at risk, and all the kookiness that comes. uh, I believe there's another municipal, another area. It might be Texas. Not sure. So I don't want to say a specific area. But the city council. I think it's California. I I thought of kooks, and California popped into my head. Might even be Oakland. But the city council is rewriting the use of force policy and how officers can engage in force. Let me repeat that in case you weren't paying attention. You kids in the back, stop talking. Pay attention. Here you go. The city council is actually writing the use and force engagements for the officers in their agency and kind of throwing the book out the window and saying, this is how we're going to do it. No more taking out your guns. And this is acceptable. This stuff is going to get people hurt. I saw another clown somewhere in Washington state, chief of police, not to call him a hack. Um, advocating for rubber bullets. And what it was is it was like a rubber piece. It's not actually a bullet. That you put over the muzzle of the gun and then you shoot. And that rubber piece is what hits the such such suspect. I can't even say it. That's how pissed off. I can't even say it. And this is ludicrous this is uh, it's just freaking idiotic and I, I i don't think they're doing it but i mean just suggesting the fact you as a chief of police you must walk around the city with a bag over your head it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it's like being the chief firefighter and coming out and telling the citizens about the new garden hose you have to put out five alarm fires you you show me a little Uh, 12 foot garden hose with the plastic uh, nozzle. This is ridiculous. We're out of control folks. The government sometimes you don't want them to regulate everything but laws are laws and we are a nation of laws and they need to get back in to enforcing those laws. They're very important and I was taken back On the documentary, it stopped at 8, just as I was getting into it. I would have wished that the filmmakers would have stretched it out a little bit more. Maybe they will in the future. But uh, I'm a big supporter, and I'm rooting for Chief Johnson and his men and women out there in Flint, Michigan. And if you're listening to me and you're a law enforcement officer, I also think that you should be rooting for Flint, Michigan and those people out there and keeping them in prayer. Never, never ever may you go through what they are going through on an every day that the Lord keep you with all the equipment and all the utensils and resources that you have that you never fall into this dismay. It's sad. But that's our opinion, Um, and we encourage you to watch the documentary Flint, Michigan. If you like it and uh, if you have any opinions, you can reach us where? Remember, we talked about it. There's a little quiz for you kids out there. Remember, we spoke about it in the beginning of, of the series. That's right. There's a hand back there. That is correct. On Twitter. And you can uh, send it to me at uh, my handle is at Alpha Mike, and that's one word. Small case, Alpha Mike, 2017, and you can send me what you think of uh, of the uh, documentary and so forth, and uh, we can chit chat on that a little bit more. There is a another recent police incident that occurred in uh, New Jersey on the beach, there beach, and uh, these two officers. kind of uh, see these two women that or girls, or young girls that are on the beach and they think that they might be drinking. So uh, they take out a breathalyzer and waddy, 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 blah, blah, blah. And they go through all this shenanigans, but the thing blows up uh, negative. They're not drinking. And then the officer takes it from uh, zero to 100 in about two seconds, Deathcon 5 because she had the audacity to refuse to give her last name and walk away. But on his body cam, the officer did a very poor job of explaining what they had done and what rights that they have. And um, I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I can say it's the old adage in law enforcement, which is, and I'm not justifying it, but it exists. So, anybody out there that thinks it doesn't, will say, well, that's the old times. We don't do that no more. They're full of crap. And that old adage is you might beat the rap, but you will not beat the ride. And that's what happened to those girls that were on the beach. We will post that video on lpoliceradio.com so you can see it. And of course, hit, you with, hit us with your opinions on that video as well. But now, folks, it's time for the All-Nine Training Tip. Take a couple of minutes and discuss uh, the body cams and Not necessarily when they should go on, how they work, and all that. I think all that is self-explanatory for those individuals that are using them. Um, The agency kind of dictates when they go on, when they go off. But mostly important, I want to talk about what the officer should be saying and also doing. As, As more and more of these videos that I start, I'm starting to watch um, body cams. The officers on some of them are not really too mindful that they're being vide- they're videotaping themselves. Now I understand that some of them are in the right, if not all of them. They are doing their job as dictated by law, but. When you get into the realm of becoming a potty mouth, I've always said, and people that I've worked with that are highly respected have always said, once you use one potty mouth word, you lose the argument. Because you went from the professional realm to the street realm, and you can't come back from that. Well, you might say, police officers, we talk like that. And they do. They'll say an F-bomb every five seconds repeatedly for eight hours and then tell you that they're working on it. But that's not what I'm really discussing, your personal life. I'm talking about your professional life. That video, not necessarily is going to go be heard by your supervisor that might give you an attaboy because you used 10 F-bombs in two minutes. It's also going to go up the chain and they're going to hear it. It's going to probably go to the prosecutor's office, and they're going to hear it. It's going to go to the defense attorneys, and they're going to hear it. It's going to go to the courtroom and the judge, and they're going to hear it. And it's going to go to a jury, and they're going to hear it. And it might even go out into the field of public opinion in the grasp and in the hands of the phony media, and they might plaster it all over the front page of their newspapers and online papers, And everybody can hear your pouty mouth. Your old grandmother might hear you as a result on YouTube. So no, folks. Don't put yourself in the position to lose the argument by using vocal language. Stay professional. You're the one that hit the record button on your device. Know how to end it. Know how to start it. Know how to end it professionally. It will make your career blossom. And now it's time for the conversation. Either you've ever been involved in an incident as a law enforcement official where you're struggling and people are spectators with their phones and they're watching. Or you've seen it on YouTube, you've seen it on the news. Bunch of people. Everybody's got their phone out, everybody's recording. And the poor officer is doing everything they can to subdue a subject. In life, there are many that are spectators And many that are participants. When we look at the issue with the cross, our Heavenly Father Jesus Christ was on the cross. He died for us and all our sins. The scripture says that just before his death, the skies were completely darkened, and it was about three o'clock in the afternoon. Because the sins of all humanity were upon him. That's why all of a sudden the darkness came. And of course, Jesus' final words were, "Forgive, Forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do. And then he turns his soul over to the Heavenly Father. The centurion guard, the captain of the Roman guard that was there witnessing, the scripture says he was there watching, confirmed and said, He truly is the Son of God, or He truly is God. The centurion was not a believer. But I imagine that the centurion was standing there moments before Jesus' death as a spectator. And he was looking at the participants, which were two thieves and Jesus. One of the thieves asked for his forgiveness and remembrance of him upon entering heaven. And the other one was a potty mouth. And as a result, Jesus was an innocent man. And I assume that the centurion stood there staring, waiting for something, an act of aggression. Maybe the ability to try to catch his final breath. Maybe anger maybe say something in hate, maybe lash out and blasphemy, maybe curse because he was about to succumb to death. But the centurion didn't see any of that. He saw the Lord close his eyes and he died. Of course, we know that the scripture says, that he rose and he lives today. But the centurion, as a spectator, witnessed the participants, but one of the participants left an everlasting testimony in that individual spectator that would last that person, the centurion, a lifetime. You want to be always that person that wows everyone that's watching. In law enforcement, you're forced to be the participant. There's always spectators. Your job is not to potty mouth the spectators. No, your job is to wow the spectators. And How can you wow them? With a magic trick? Huh? Guns blaring? Gun smoke shooting down the block? How do you wow the crowd? Hey, I got an idea about, let's try this. Act as professional as professional is. Now, you're not going to wow everybody, and not everybody's going to think good of you. But remember the Roman centurion. As he was a spectator, he watched Jesus, and he had a thought in his mind, what he might do in his last moments. But that's not what happened. And that left the centurion wild forever. What's up next, folks? That's what you're asking. We went to Flint and we're up on the next uh, how to apply and what to expect. I'm a young kid. Uh, I just got out of the crib. I'm 19, 20 years old. I was working down at the flea market, the supermarket, the car wash But I can't, it's not enough. Mom wants me out of the basement, and I've got to go apply. So how do I do it? What do I need to pay attention to? And can somebody actually get rid of me from this loved position that I really don't know what it is, law enforcement, but I'm going to do it anyway because, you know, my Uncle Bob did it. So Bob did it, and I I could do it. Bob's got a, a good retirement, so maybe I should do it. And I don't really know what I'm getting involved in. And I venture out and I go do it. But can social media get rid of me? That's what's up next, folks. We've got a lot to talk about on how to apply and what to expect. And then after that, we got uh, episode number 40, The Policy. Civilians out there at the typewriter typing array With two fingers, tick, 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 tick. And then occasionally, the civilians are locked in. The civilian review board doesn't know what more baloney to come up with. They've already put everything in there. Don't enforce marijuana. Forget about the heroin shooting, all that. They've got all that written down there. If they pee in public, keep on going the other way. If they defiscate in the middle of the street, keep rolling. Don't worry about it. They've got all that in policy. But they're missing some more details. Who should they contact? Oh, my God, look. It's, it's that light. It's a superhero light. And who's it calling? It's none and only then the lawyer. It's super lawyer to the rescue with more baloney in the policy. And that's coming up June 20th, episode number 40, The Policy. 41, June 27th, uh, we're going to talk about money is the rule of all evil, narco, okay? All these drug dealers, all this money, billions and billions and billions and billions, and what does it produce? We're going to be talking about that on the 27th of June, and episode number 41. Folks, we upload now on Wednesday mornings. So we were doing it on Wednesday nights, and it would lead into Thursday. So we're changing it now to Wednesday mornings, and by lunchtime, Wednesday afternoon, the new episode should be there. So we recently did this change, and we've already noticed a couple of hip cups because the numbers went a little bit down because people were already used to the Thursday morning thing, not the Wednesday morning. So on Thursday, they go, what is this? Is this the, I think this is old. This is not, no, is is this new? This is not, is this the website I'm posting? Is this El Police Radio? What is this? So while they're figuring it out, the numbers will come back up. But remember, Wednesday morning and by lunchtime, there should be an iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, El Police Radio, everything out there, YouTube. uh, You can hear them, all these facets that are out there. How do you connect with us? You connect through lpoliceradio.com. And of course, what was the quiz today, kids? In the back, in the back, Twitter. That's how you can connect with us on Twitter. My handle, Alpha Mike 2017 It has been my pleasure, folks, to be your host on L Police Radio. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself dry because we're in the rainy season. And keep yourself uplifted, looking up and fired up. I will keep you in prayer till we meet again.